Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Justin Box. I've had this phrase in my heart for probably a few months now, and it, it's the phrase, um, heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. And God really started to expound, expand on this thought during the week. Um, heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. Um, heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. Um, so I want to talk to you today uh, from the book of Daniel. So if you guys have got um, Bible on your phones or actual real pages, um, notes, pens or phone, then why don't you go ahead and grab that uh, right now. Um, for those that are getting a coffee, um, hurry back because we're going to have um, a great chat this morning. Yeah, this is really exciting. Yeah, we just say um, shoulder pain be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Shoulder pain be healed. Um, any nerve problems, um, nerve issues, sharp pains, we say be healed uh, in the name of Jesus. Um, if you're healed or you feel different, why don't you comment? Um, yeah, thank you, God. Yeah, arthritis, we thank you right now, Holy Spirit um, oil, just to come right now. Come right now, Holy Spirit oil into joints. Um, arthritis. Yeah, Jesus' name right now. So let's look at Daniel. We're going to start at chapter 1, verse 1. Um, so this is, uh, the context is, this book records the events that took place during Israel's captivity. Um, so Daniel, chapter 1, verse 1. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So it, this, this, this whole book of the Bible, um, it's all about uh, how a nation was taken captive by an enemy. It follows the life of Daniel and three of his friends as they navigate um, and respond in the most difficult times. And I felt God really um, stir me with the book of Daniel um, for the time we're living in. There's been lots of prophecies about how Daniel lines up with Revelation. I'm not even going into that because um, my end time view is a little bit different and I feel like Jesus is going to come back for a glorious church and the church is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger um, and, and really we're going to see an incredible revival and an awakening across the nations. Um, but I feel like um, there are times where uh, we can see the enemy is trying to um, kill, steal, kill and destroy. Um, so it's from that angle that I want to look at um, the book of Daniel and the times that we're living in now and we're going to look at Daniel's responses and we're going to look at the way that the Lord is stirring us to respond as well because it's pretty much the same thing. Um, the enemy's trying to take captive um, the nations and Daniel was in this crazy period of time where he was taken captive by the enemy. Um, so we're going to look at this chapter um, and book and God's going to speak really clearly to us as Echo Church on how we're going to respond. So Daniel chapter 1 verse 3. Captive and they were now slaves under that king. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Verse 4, select only strong, healthy and good-looking young men, he said, 
Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. So King Nebuchadnezzar had a plan and that was to A, take captive a nation and then to target um, specific people within that uh, group of captives. And then he wanted to recondition, reconform and um, recalibrate their thinking and cause them to conform to the ways of Babylon. So this is the big deal. And I feel like this is actually the enemy's plan right now is to take hold nation, uh, take captive a nation and then starting to target with fear and panic and start to really speak to individuals about um, the negativity and how things are going to get worse. Um, but the Lord has a plan. Um, he, he's saying that we shine bright like stars and he's restoring peace, hope and joy so that we can carry his flame into different situations and restore hope. Amen. Amen. So King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to reprogram these boys and give them a new operating system so that, he, so that those boys could come into his regime and then start to work for him to bring all the people um, to come under slavery under the enemy's plan. And his first method was changing their names. Names are a big deal. Names have meanings. It was, a ma- it was more of a big deal back then, the meaning of names. It still is today, but it, it carried such a heavier weight back then when people were named. So let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. Daniel, Hananiah, uh, Michelle and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. Verse 7, the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, uh, Michelle was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. Belshazzar, Daniel's name, uh, was turned into a name that meant Bel protect the king. It was a god. So his name was around a god and protecting the king and protecting gods. Um, Hananiah was called Shadrach and his one was command of Aku. Aku was a, 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 the moon god. So his name was all around a false god. Um, Michelle was named Meshach and his name actually meant Aku, the moon god of Babylon. Azariah was called Abednego and his name meant slave of god Nebo or Negril. So this is intense. They're not only were they brought in so that they can be changed and reprogrammed and recalibrated into the operating system of the enemy and then sent out to, um, I suppose, evangelise the ways of darkness. Um, but not only that, they were actually labelled and, and their identity um, rechanged so that they now, their names reflected the kingdom of Babylon. And, 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 and that's what the enemy's doing now. He's trying to take captive a nation and he's trying to change identities. And, um, and we, we know that the Lord is up to something incredible and we just say no to that right now. So King Nebuchadnezzar, um, I really believe that he overplayed his hand. King Nebuchadnezzar overplayed his hand because it says that he, wanted, he was looking to select only the strong, the healthy and the good-looking young men who were educated and gifted with knowledge and judgment. And he, but he also chose boys who were committed followers of God. And we see in the next passage exactly who they were and what they were like. 
So I believe that the enemy overplayed his hand and it backfired on him because Daniel and the boys were followers of God. So let's read Daniel 1 uh, to 8 to 9. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Verse 9, now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. It's amazing. I want to say this, integrity causes favour. When we're integrous to the ways of the Lord, it actually releases favour on your life from the Lord and from people. And that's what happened with the chief of staff. So they... they um, structured a deal um, with the chief of staff. So they didn't tell the king about it, but he said, okay, I'm going to get in trouble for this. So for 10 days, Daniel said, for 10 days, let's test it. Okay, let's test this. Just give me vegetables and water and we'll test it for 10 days and everything will be all okay. So for 10 days, they tested it and they did a test after 10 days. And the Bible says that they looked healthier. They were better nourished. And some translations say they were 10 times healthier. At the end of the 10 days, this is what uh, the Bible says happened to these boys who chose not to defile themselves, chose to stand for the Lord in the middle of the chaos and confusion. Daniel 1, 17. God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding, an unusual ability um, for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the, the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. Darkness, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm going after God. This is what happened. God flipped it around and turned what the enemy meant for bad um, and brought light and wholeness to a generation, to a, to a nation and to a king and to the royal armies and palace. God gave them supernatural ability to understand every aspect of literature and wisdom. He gave them this unusual ability to understand wisdom. That's important now. The world wants wisdom. The world wants clarity. The world wants some clear direction on what the heck is happening. And he's giving us wisdom. He's releasing wisdom to us in this season. And the second thing was God gave them the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. So the king had a plan. The enemy had a plan and that was to take the nations captive and to turn the people under his control by changing their identities and systematically conforming them um, to following him. And that's what the enemy's doing now. And I want to say this, this virus is not from God. God did not send this virus, the scheme of the enemies to enlarge his territory and influence. But once again, he overplayed his hand. He's overplayed his hand. I want you guys to understand that there are a lot of people infected by this virus. There's probably over about 23,000 people that have died and that's not okay and it's tragic. But what I, I do want to highlight, and I'm not glossing over the, tragic, um, the tragedy of what's happening because they're people. I'm not glossing over this. But I want us to highlight that the enemy has overplayed his hand 
and he's stirring the church to grow in wisdom and grow in hearing and to see and interpret the meanings of visions and dreams and the voice of the Lord so that we can echo it out everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the enemy's overplayed his hands because right now, although 23,000 people have died, we can see that 7 billion people are now forced into doing life together as families. He's restoring families. He's restoring what's, what matters. The, the, law, the, the enemy's overplayed his hand. He wanted strong, healthy men. He wanted the cream of the crop. And he chose Daniel and these three boys, but he didn't realise that they were followers of God and it backfired on him. And that's what's happening right now because crime across the earth is dropping right now. Adultery across the earth is dropping right now. Gambling across the earth is dropping right now. Strip clubs are closed. Brothels are closed. The bars are closed. Nightclubs are closed. The, what facilitates um, people's destruction is closed. Can you hear this? So what the enemy went for evil, God is using it. He didn't send it. He's not for it, but he's using it to restore families. It's a Malachi 4.6 time right now. And that is that he's going to restore the hearts of fathers back to sons and sons back to fathers. Read Malachi chapter 4. It's prophetic. It's a new covenant prophetic word for now. He's releasing it. Amen. And the church, although... Um, and the church, although is in a resetting stage right now, where its flame is being relit and in many cases is starting to roar um, all over the world. And I can see God doing the exact same thing that he did during the exile. And that is encouraging and strengthening and marking the followers of God in the middle of this attempted captivity, so that in the middle of this attempted captivity, they would choose him and become 10 times healthier, that we would become 10 times healthier, 10 times stronger, 10 times more confident, 10 times more secure in him, 10 times more hopeful, 10 times more peaceful and 10 times more joyful. We just say yes and amen to that. And we only need to read the rest of the book of Daniel to see what happened and what played out. I'm not going into all the details of the book of Daniel today. But what happened was that the, the king and the leaders were searching for answers. And I want to read this, um, Daniel chapter 2, verse 10. The king was searching for answers because he had dreams and visions and he didn't know what to do and he called. He said, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not one man on earth who could declare the matter for the king. Inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer or Chaldean. He was asking the sorcerers. He was asking the magicians. He was asking the mediums to interpret the, the, the meanings and the under, uh, what his dreams meant. He was, he was, he was very troubled. He was very troubled. This was a time that he was very troubled. He was having these dreams that troubled him and he searched out for people that had wisdom, for people that had answers, that people had special abilities to interpret dreams and visions. And he couldn't find anyone. He couldn't find anyone. So he killed them all. And then there was a rumour. There was a vicious rumour going around that Daniel was different. And we remember Daniel verse 1, um, uh, chapter 1, verse 17, that the Lord gave Daniel an unusual ability to understand wisdom. And he gave him special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. 
The world is looking for answers right now. The world is looking for hope right now. The world's looking for, for peace right now. And I feel like um, this is a word for Echo Church, this Daniel 1.17 right now. God gave these four men, God gave Echo Church an unusual ability for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel, God gave Echo Church the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. I feel like God is giving us an upgrade in hearing. And I've been having this thought in my heart for months now, and it's heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. And this week, the Lord upgraded that and added some more things to it. And that's one I want to talk about in the remaining minutes today. Heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking and heavenly thinking requires heavenly thoughts and heavenly thoughts requires heavenly hearing. I'm going to say that again. Heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking Heavenly thinking requires heavenly thoughts and heavenly thoughts requires heavenly hearing. I'm going to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to read a little bit of that scripture. So go to that right now in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 13. We're going to read this slab and then we're going to break up that heaven, heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. Heavenly thinking requires heavenly thoughts and heavenly thoughts requires heavenly hearing. So we're going to launch off 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 13, and then we're going to get into these three elements um, today. Is that okay? Thank you. So good. So this is Paul. This is New Testament. This is him announcing a new way of thinking for the church in Corinth. And um, in our remaining, remaining um, 10 minutes or so, we're going to talk about heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts and heavenly hearing. I was with you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling and my message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Lord's spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Verse 6, yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. Verse 7, but we speak God's wisdom, that's the wisdom that God gave Daniel, God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord. Verse 9. But just as it is written, this is an Old Testament scripture. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. So Paul's making a statement. This, this was an Old Testament verse these things were not possible. Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of men, all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Um, that was an Old Testament scripture that was not available to the majority of people. But Paul's now saying, but for us, but to us, God has revealed them through the Spirit. So, 
there was a time where we couldn't understand the things freely given to us. We couldn't understand the mysteries of God, the, the covenants of God, the blessings of God, the new covenant promises of God, being born again, being partakers of the divine nature, being a friend of God, um, being um, just listeners and hearers of his word and, and can do greater works than Jesus. We couldn't once do that. But because Jesus brought us in, Paul's now saying that was the old covenant, but for you, God's revealed them by his spirit. Verse 11, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. I'm going to read that again. Verse 11, uh, verse 10, for to us, God revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things even the depths of God. Verse 11, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Verse 12, now we, come on church, we, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. That's what he wants to do right now, church. He wants you to know the things freely given to us, the things freely given to you by God. Verse 13, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. He wants you to understand what you've been freely given by his spirit because his spirit's in you. And not only that, but he wants you to communicate what you've heard. You're, what Part of your role now as shining brightly like stars in the universe is to um, understand that you've got ability to receive wisdom from heaven. You've got special ability to interpret visions and dreams and you now have the ability to see that you shine brightly like stars, that you are the light of the world, that you are actually called now to combine spiritual thoughts with spiritual words so that we speak what we hear. Jesus modeled this. He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I, what I hear my father say. So he's calling us to combine spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. He's giving you a voice. He's giving you favour to speak wisdom and to interpret visions and dreams. Heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking and heavenly thinking requires heavenly thoughts and heavenly thoughts requires heavenly hearing. I want to look at these three things today in the context of money. I want to look at heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts and heavenly hearing in the context of a bank, in the context of money, in the context of withdrawals, in the context of gaining interest and in the context of depositing. Heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking and heavenly thinking requires heavenly thoughts and heavenly thoughts requires heavenly hearing. We need to grow in these areas. We need to grow in our thinking like heaven. We need to grow in having thoughts that are like Jesus and like God and like the culture of heaven. And we need to learn how to have heavenly hearing. And I want to look at it like as though heavenly thinking was making withdrawals from money that is in a bank account. I want to 
look at heavenly thoughts as though the money is gaining interest. And I want to look at heavenly hearing like we are making deposits into that bank account. Heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts and heavenly hearing in the context of money, in the context of um, banks and in the context of us making withdrawals, watching money gain interest and making deposits. Making deposits, letting that deposit gain interest and then withdrawing from that money that has gained interest. I hope that makes sense. So heavenly thinking is our foundation. It's where our responses and everything comes from. It is the foundation from where our choices and our actions come from. It's where we pray prayers from. It's where we decree from. It's where our identity comes from. And it's where our confidence comes from. Heavenly thinking is us making withdrawals. Us making withdrawals. Heavenly withdrawals. When Daniel said, I'm not defiling myself by eating the king's food. And when he said in the following chapters, I'm not bowing down and worshipping three times a day. It wasn't a flippant decision. It wasn't an off the cuff decision. Daniel had heavenly thinking and Daniel was making a heavenly withdrawal. He had heavenly thinking and in that moment, it was making a withdrawal from what he had sown in. It wasn't a, I'm scrambling, I don't know what I believe, my, I'm checking my identity. No, no, no. He had gone on the journey of having heavenly hearing. He'd gone on the journey of having heavenly thoughts. And those thoughts had gained interest to the point where he could make heavenly withdrawals when he was challenged, when he was squeezed, when he was confronted with the kingdom of darkness, um, confronted with exile and captivity and everything around him seemed like it was tipping in and crashing in and crashing down. But he said, I'm not going to defile myself because he had a foundation. There was interest gained on his hearing and thoughts and he made a withdrawal on that day. He made a withdrawal when he said, I'm not bowing down. And we saw what happened. He was accessing what was in him. This is really good. Peter did the same thing. He went on a journey with Jesus and, and the heavenly hearing was happening. He was, Jesus was making deposits. Peter was making deposits. And over that time, three, four, five years, uh, it was gaining interest. The, the hearing was turning into thoughts. It was becoming more consistent. It was becoming constant. It was becoming continual. So that when Acts chapter 3 came and the beggar at the gate, beautiful, said to him, said, I need some silver and gold. Peter wasn't scrambling to have his theology right. He wasn't scrambling to get some good hearing in. He wasn't scrambling to get his faith up. He made a heavenly withdrawal because he had a foundation of heavenly thinking and the man needed heaven to come to earth. The beggar needed heaven to come to earth. And Peter said, look at me, silver or gold or do not have. I'm making a withdrawal, get up and walk. And I'm just going to say that to you guys in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk because you've, you've been making deposits and your, your deposits have been gaining interest and it's time to start withdrawing and making heavenly withdrawals to give away in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Heaven to earth requires heavenly thinking. And heavenly thinking is the fruit of of our ongoing thoughts. Heavenly thinking is a belief system which is the fruit of our ongoing thoughts. Our heavenly thinking is the foundation, is the belief system, is our doctrine, doctrines and theologies which are birthed from His Word and His presence, from knowing His Word and from knowing His ways. 
That's how heavenly thinking comes. That's how heaven to earth comes. But heavenly thinking, make no mistake, doesn't just happen. It is the fruit of going on a journey to build healthy thoughts. Amen? Heavenly thoughts. And heavenly thoughts in the context of money and banks is about gaining interests. Our heavenly thoughts gain interest. There's heavenly interest happening. There's growth happening. And when growth happens, we can take out and spend it in Jesus' name. So good. I'm shocked by this. I can't believe it. I can believe it. Our ongoing thoughts turn into heavenly thinking. Our ongoing thoughts turn into our belief system. If we don't sow into our thoughts, we can't get a belief system and we can't see heaven come to earth. Forget the, the, um, his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven if we're not on a journey to get our thought life right. Heavenly thinking is making withdrawals from the money that we have and from what we have in our account. Heavenly thinking is withdrawing from our heavenly thoughts. Heavenly thoughts is the continual. It's the constant and it's the consistent. Just like interest in banks, it compounds daily. A lot of people don't realise that interest compounds daily. So there's a lot of people out now that have their money going straight onto their mortgage. Why? Because it offsets interest. Because it compounds daily. And the interest rate drops significantly. What we pay. statement in Matthew 4.4, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's echoing the manna in the Old Testament. They could only eat the manna on the day. Give us this day our daily bread. Tomorrow's manna can't feed you. Today's manna feeds you. It's fresh. It's keeping in step with the spirit. This is the heavenly thoughts. It's not, it's not going into a spiral out of controlled, crazy thoughts. Because if we do that and we don't sow into our thoughts, we can't have heavenly thinking. And when we're required, when we're squ- to make great choices and great declarations, we can't because come to earth. Our thoughts are gaining interest, whether kingdom or not. What are you thinking about? Make no mistake, your thought life is gaining interest. It's compounding daily. Your thoughts are building momentum. Which way are they building momentum? It's day by day. Daniel's thoughts were gaining interest. So he could make a withdrawal on that. It says in Daniel 6.16, the the, the king, I think it was Jairus, uh, that was New Yeah, that that guy, Daniel, who was constantly serving the Lord. That's a key scripture because he didn't just pluck out the Lord and beliefs when he was challenged. He sowed in. He sowed in. He was constantly serving the Lord. His thoughts were gaining interest. Let's look at thoughts and then we're going to move into the last part, which is heavenly hearing. But let's just close heavenly thoughts. Hebrews 3.1 in the NIV. These are amazing scriptures to build interest on our thoughts. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, Hebrews 3.1, Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Daniel fixed his thoughts on the Lord and he was able to withdraw. We will be able to withdraw if we fix our thoughts on Jesus. 
heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts, heavenly hearing. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died and your life, your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Wow. So Hebrews, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Colossians, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven. We're sowing into our thoughts so that we can have heavenly thinking, so that we can see heaven come to earth. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, wow. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Think about these things. And what's the promise? And the God of peace will be with you. And let's see this last scripture and then we'll go into heavenly hearing. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. We're landing the plane now. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So Hebrews says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Colossians says, set your sights. Think about the realities of heaven. Philippians has a list of what to think about. And he says, think about these things. And 2 Corinthians says, take thought, take captive every thought. Our thoughts are building momentum. They're gaining interest. What is gaining interest? Is fear gaining interest? Because make no mistake, when you're crunched and squeezed and stretched, you might make withdrawals based on fear. And the Lord's calling us up to make thought, to make um, decisions out of our heavenly thinking, which comes from our constant and continual and consistent heavenly thoughts. Amen. So finally, heavenly thoughts is the fruit of heavenly hearing. Heavenly thoughts is the fruit of heavenly thinking. But um, heavenly thoughts are the fruit of heavenly hearing. Heavenly hearing is us going to work and earning money and then depositing it. Daniel went to work daily on his relationship with the Lord. Heavenly thinking is making withdrawals. Heavenly thoughts is our, our hearing gaining interest, our thoughts gaining interest. And heavenly hearing is making deposits, making deposits. Our ability to hear determines our ability to have good thoughts and our ability to have good thoughts determines our ability to have good thinking. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So our faith, our confidence, our assurance and our confident expectation comes from us hearing what God is saying faith comes by hearing not from having heard faith comes by hearing not from having heard it's the manna deal it's the give us this daily bread deal it's the man does not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of god deal it's the keeping in step with the spirit deal being present 
every word that proceeds. When we learn how to hear, we learn how to have heavenly thoughts. And when we have heavenly thoughts, we have heavenly thinking. His voice brings peace and our and our peace is translated into releasing peace to others. We need to go on a journey of hearing what the Lord is saying. We can't jump ahead and just want a belief system so that we can see heaven to earth. We've got to go on a journey to have our thought life consistent, to take captive every negative thought and to think about the things of heaven. But we've got to go on a journey to heavenly hearing. And heavenly hearing is about us going on a journey to work hard, to become a disciple, to put discipline and habits in place, to be consistent, to, to be disciplined so that we can actually start working, so that we're not striving, we're not working for love, but we know that the kingdom does not take place without hard work. The kingdom doesn't happen, Luke 17, through observation. That's not how it works. He's pulled us in, he's making his appeal through us. So this heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts and heavenly hearing is a big deal. But if we don't go on the journey, a daily journey to spend time with the Lord and, and hear his voice, we can't build a good thought life and we can't build a good um, uh, belief system. So I'm going to close with this, this heavenly hearing. John 15 is the key to hearing, along with Romans 10:17. 10:17 is, so faith comes, confidence comes, assurance comes, a hopeful expectation comes. By hearing the word of Christ, not from having heard it. You know, two years ago is great, but that's not going to do you well for right now. Just holding on to what happened two years ago. He's calling you into a daily abiding relationship where his word remains in you. John 15, 5, 7, and we are, um, the wheels are down. Um, all the tray tables are up and all the phones are off. We're close to landing. Lee's probably celebrating. Hi, Bella. Hi, Jude. Hi, Lee. I love you all. John 15, 5 to 7. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So if you don't, you won't. And it's all grace and it's all invitation. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Very clear. I believe John five nineteen. Jesus announced that to everyone. The Son of Man can do nothing without God. He said the same thing to us. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. That's nice. Such branches are gathered up into a pile to be burned. Be challenged by that. Don't go, oh, he didn't really mean that. He, he doesn't mix his words. He's trying to be clear now with the importance of us abiding with him because he wants heaven to earth, remember. So he's taking them on a journey of what's required. Heaven to earth doesn't happen without heavenly thinking, without heavenly thoughts and without heavenly hearing. So let's go to verse 7, which I think a lot of us misinterpret. Because we go, I'm just abiding. I'm just abiding with the Lord. But it's deeper than that. This is what he says. But if you remain in me, and we just hear that. Yeah, I'm just remaining in you. No, no. The rest of this verse is critical. But if you remain in me, and this is the line that we forget, and my words remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in me, if you hear my words, if you position yourself, if you start making deposits to hear my word, 
Faith will come. Assurance will come. Confidence will come. Security will come. Foundations will come. Belief systems will come. But if you don't take the time and you just abide and you forget the second half of this, then we actually struggle to have a consistent thought life. And we, we're a wave tossed by the sea, James chapter 2 says, where our thinking's polluted and we're double-minded. And we can never in the moment of seeing a wheelchair or an opportunity to tip someone in this season, we, we don't withdraw from that. We withdraw, from, we withdraw out of fear. If, my wor- if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask, how's this? Whatever you want and it will be granted. You won't be double-minded about decrees. You won't be double-minded about encouragement with others, family members. You won't be double-minded about um, heaven to earth. You won't be double-minded about what his kingdom's about. If you know what he's said about the kingdom, you won't be double-minded about the kingdom. If you, if you know what he's said about his will and the Greek word for will and what that means, his heart's desire, wanting to be fulfilled this side of heaven, if, if, we, if we hear his voice, then it can... It can come in and start to stir and our thought life changes where we start thinking like God so that when we're stretched and confronted with something that requires all of that, we withdraw and we just go boom. And I love this, that Paul actually echoes Daniel because Daniel was given special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams and Paul said the exact same thing to the church of Corinthian, Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 14, verse 1. He said, desire the special ability that the Spirit gives. So I, church, I want to encourage you that we're in a Daniel 1.17 and a 1 Corinthians 14.1 season where he wants to upgrade our thinking so that we have heavenly thinking, heavenly thoughts and heavenly hearing and to go on a journey that we can deposit. There's grace for us depositing. There's grace for that, us to see that our deposits uh, and the money and the thoughts and the hearing is gaining interest and then we've got something to withdraw from because we cannot give what we don't have. I want to pray for you guys today.